Mike, let me show you how to play the theme song. You've been really fucking it up lately. Well, Dave, I would love for you to show me the theme song. It's nice that you showed up tonight. Well, I figured you needed someone to lead since you're the band leader. No, I am the leader. I don't need a leader. I need a writer. Why don't you try and play some band leader shit over top of this? Okay, let's see what I got. why i write the music and you just lead the band hey girls 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 you're both pretty just play the theme song all right <laughs> sounds good Did you hear that slide at the end, Mike? Yes, I did. I like to go somewhere else with it. I like to get it deep down in my loins. Just read the tab, okay? Just read the tab and play it the way it's written. Okay, send me Easy, okay. boys. Easy, boys. This is uh, There's a lot of time for this. This is what happens when uh, we have a band, the Nocturnal Emissions, a house band alive from the Dutch Hall, and we finally get them back after two weeks of uh, hiatus by Dave Charters, the man that writes the music for the show. Dave, wait, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Great intro. Appropriate intro. Thank you. Yeah, the actual, uh, the, what I should have said was, the man that writes most of the music for the show. What are you talking about? I'm talking about feedback. We got feedback, Dave. Yeah, I wrote that. That's a cue, guys. That's a, yeah, no, no, no. It's not time yet. Ah. See, that's how it goes. See how I'm I on say, cue almost? <laughs> it said, I you're, say, you're faster than me. feedback, we got feedback, and then you guys, yeah, I say, we no, get, it's oh, not time oh. yet. It's not time. You see how it works? Okay. That's when I have a house band that's that's on cue for my stingers. It's what part of what we work on here to make this a, a world-class show. Oh. But we get Dave, uh, we, can, we only get Dave once every three weeks, and it's quite a production to get him in here. I got to tell you. <laughs> Isn't folks, it something? It is something, because not only is the man, I mean, he's a man of great talent, great, uh, great uh, regard in the musical community, I believe, because uh, obviously the way that the, the diva you've become has, has become, uh, you know, we're lucky to have you, is the image, uh, it's kind of the, what you're giving off of you. When you come in, there's a lot of... Uh, Fanfare? Uh, yeah, there is a lot of fanfare. <laughs> Today you came in, you said you had to relax. We weren't allowed to talk to you initially, right? <laughs> you were you were late. You were late for the show. You wanted to unwind. <laughs> right? You wanted to unwind because you had a big day, right, Dave? That's right. It was Tell a big us. busy day. Right. And then you had to go go take uh, ruin one of my bathrooms. That's what you did too. 
I had a little rumbly in my tumbly. A little pre-game, a little pre-gamer, right. right? That's right. Let out the poison before the show, right? Yeah, I was uncomfortable. You don't want me here being uncomfortable. I'd be miserable. Please tell you a flush. You didn't leave that for my family in the house, did you? No, just yeah, nothing in nothing in the water, just in the air. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. Which one did you do it in? Just so I know, like just which... the hallway, like the you know the, the oh. main hallway bathroom. The ma- like the kids' bathroom. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's it's nice comfortable. One. That's fine. It's probably pretty yeah pretty messy in there, but other than that, it you get now. through this kids. Th- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that. It punish them. You know, I don't understand well, it. Punish them. Yeah. I got a bathroom of my own. It's my own bathroom. You know, it's one of those things, you know, I never had it as a child growing up, but like, I mean, my parents never had it. But there's, when I heard about the ensuite bathroom, I thought that's a pretty good deal, right? Like you can have a bathroom right beside where, you, where your bedroom is. So you can just go to your business, whatever. It's right. Access. Oh, yeah. It's close to you. Eh? It's hey, we got Hello a there. This is even better. We got a girl now in the house. Hey, so we, we, uh, we ended up, uh, we ended up, what's going on guys? Nothing. Oh, okay. There's distracted a, by speak. the beauty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So distracted, distracted by a girl coming in, in here. But we had, uh, what was I saying then? If you're, <laughs> well, you're talking about the bathroom. You had your own bathroom. Yes, I had my right? own bathroom. Nice suite. Suite. You went with ensuite. Ensuite. Swanky. So you got all the luxury of having an ensuite bathroom. And we were, like, we're fortunate enough in our house we have an ensuite bathroom, right? But we also have two kids who, do, who never use their own bathroom. They have their own bathroom right across from their bedrooms. They they just const- they take dumps what? in my bathroom. They, they <laughs> drop a deuce in here. Can't really. Yeah, they, they will walk deuce, all the you way have to around. Sleep like five feet away from that. They will walk all the way around, through the house, through my bedroom, into my bathroom, and take a dump there. And they just go away, leave leave their clothes. They take a bath in my bathtub. They you, take, you, you need know? to set some boundaries. That's what you need to do. Set some clear boundaries. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think we have to do, right? I think I've been too much of a pushover, right? Yep. But I don't know. It's like they've held me hostage in my own home. It might like, be too late. I don't know if I can untrain Maybe them. Maybe trap the toilet seat. They, they've oh, marked their cellophane spot. It. Cellophane I, it. You know what? This would be a good idea. Just never flush again. Never, ever flush again. <laughs> Make it so disgusting a place yeah. that they they would never want to be. Oh, there. if you want to come in here and sit on my old dump that I did six hours ago, <laughs> go they're ahead. They're coiled around. <laughs> yeah. That some of that d- dump is actually touching air. You know how bad that smells. <laughs> once it breaches the water, and then it starts to. You can once the barrier's gone, yeah. Once water out. barrier. Once you don't have that water barrier, and li- even just a little tip of it just breaches the water, eh? The, it, the stench tip. is so terrible that you can't <laughs> stand gross. it. Right? Yeah. Do you have a theme song for poop talk? No, that's a good one. Did. Yeah. Poop talk. Well, anyways, I'm just doing my introductions here. This is a big, this is a big deal because we have the whole gang back together, the whole cast, the life in the boys. Dutch Hall, and it's a, it's a great time to do it because this is our 80th episode. This is the number 80. Let's hear it for the life, hot crowd, big decade, eight zero decade. What that, what that means to put it in perspective of what 80 episodes means for life in the Dutch Hall, is that if life in the Dutch Hall was a person. And on the very first episode, uh, which was called Cherry Popper, with 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 the guest Dave Charters, remember that Dave? Yeah, just the two of us. Just the two of us. Just the two. If you if the show that was live from the Dutch Hall would have impregnated you on Cherry Popper, and then you had a baby forty weeks later, you know, like that's a gestation period for a person. You, and then after you were done, you loved Life from the Dutch Hall so much that you banged Life from the Dutch Hall again. Right at the fortieth episode, got pregnant. You would that this episode, episode eighty, you'd be having your second child by life from the Dutch Hall. Your second child. <laughs> oh, congratulations, congratulations. Oh, two there we Dutch go. Hall children. 
two beautiful Dutch Hall babies would be born in the time it took us to do these stupid shows that we've been doing for 80 weeks. Two full human gestation periods. Yeah. Two, that's what we've done. We've done shows for two full human gi- di- <laughs> yeah. gest- gestation periods. Gestation. Not digestation. Nope. But just gestation <laughs> periods. Anyways, what I said, I want to introduce the band leader thank of you. Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bo, who's also title. here. Yeah. And there you go. Well, thank you. Okay, so boys, we're going to get this all in the opening. There's a little bit of controversy surrounding the two of you when it comes to the term band leader. Is this correct? There was a there there used to be. There used to be. Okay. Well, can you explain that, Dave? Like cuz I will be, I, I'm going to tell you I'm going to I'm going to wear my emotions on my sleeve tonight. The first time I wasn't here and I heard you refer to Mike as band leader, it really uh it, it hurt my feelings. It really did. Yeah. I felt like I it felt like it was teach- a it was a piece of me that was taken away. Is what I felt like. Yeah, it was meant to teach you a lesson. You are a dude, right, huh? and, and at first it worked, but then I did a little bit of research. Right, and I'd like to share that research with the listening oh, public right now. Uh, yeah, this is a radio show, right? It's an audio show, so yeah. it's hard for people to un- you know to know what the band leader looks like. Right, it's hard to get that picture in your head. Everyone probably has an idea, but just so we can solidify that for the listeners at home, I'd like you to do a little experiment. I'd like you to go on Google. And I'd like you to Google band leader and click <laughs> images. Okay. Click images. To get a typical. And then what you can do is you can look at the first like 20 pictures and just pick anyone at random. Okay, I'll pick this one. Uh, I'll just pick this one right here. The first one. And then, yeah. and then just burn that image into your brain. And that's the band leader of Live from the Dutch Hall. This is a woman. For you, for the rest of This is a woman of... wearing white gloves and a, and a nice gold sash. Yeah. She looks like she's going to be... Throw a baton or something? That's a mouse. This yeah. is... She's oh, probably that. put down her staff or her scepter. Uh, oh, look at this guy. He's wearing white pants oh, no. and a white hat, and he's standing <laughs> in front of a full <laughs> band. Most of these people, it's consistent. That, oh, look at this guy. This guy looks sharp. This, Mike, would look you like sharp. to be the band leader? Well, I'll tell you. I right. don't mind that guy leading my band. He's wearing a nice cap, uh, like a nice Sergeant Pepper's yeah. Lonely Hearts Club look, band. Yeah, exactly. Uniform. That's nice. He looks so, like a band. So I've leader. got the hat part down. All I need is a nice uh, broad-shouldered coat. Yeah, with gold buttons. With, with, <laughs> with some fancy buttons and maybe a uh, shawl. Oh, white gloves are key. White gloves are key, I've noticed. So there's a few things I do need to work on. But you uh, need a baton. Oh, there's a hot Asian girl. So there you go. Band yeah. leader doesn't bother me so much anymore. Because of that. Yeah. All right. Well, the other thing that's my uh, research. So that was a source of controversy that's now been quelled. So, but let's just get this straight. I still am the band leader, right? Yes, he is. Thank you. If you take take that title, and it's because you show up most weeks, except for that one week where you let us fail and the Hazardorf hated our episode because of it (laughs) and broke my wife's heart. (laughs) And I do think that one comment on Twitter about, about getting a new mic, I think that was a little harsh. Mike's oh, great. That's, that's nice yeah. of you, Dave. Now I, I want to ask you about that because they mentioned the band leader. We all made it clear, and then you wrote. You said you wrote three tweets, at least three, maybe closer to five. I wrote and then deleted, <laughs> right? Because I, I Can, just. Do you remember any of them? What you wrote is your rebuttal that you didn't have the courage to send. I uh, just stuff like the first spelling was more accurate, and you know, whatever, just little digs. But none of them were were good enough. I didn't want to. Hurt, you know, I like Mike, and I'm glad he's here, and I'm happy to have him as my band leader. You didn't want to ruin. That's the truth. I didn't want to ruin our relationship with a tweet. You know, right? But I I have to say, Dave, 
you have to say because of your new schedule with having to feed your family, you know, do work and stuff, yeah. like all that stuff that's nasty wow. and terrible for this program, yeah. right? But, you, but I understand you have to feed the millions of kids that you have because <laughs> you're, you're you're constantly procreating. So I understand that, but when that happens, it puts pressure on you. There's the weeks that you're here, like this week, you have to really step up. And you have to show what you can do, why you're the man that's, uh, you know, a big a big part of the show. And I noticed this week that you were all on it. You were, like, really focused on the on the show. You bring you you wrote four new theme songs for the that's show. That's right. Four new, four new jingles. Well, you know what it is? You know, usually when we start this episode, we this is all, believe it or not, this is all part of the introduction. We haven't even gotten into any of our topics, all the stuff we prepared for this great program. But we have, we've... Uh, We've missed one guest here. Oh, and that's our that's our bartender Paul hey. Van Dyke, hey. who's back from uh, from a one week hiatus. Ollie, and uh, you wrote a theme song for Paul, so I think it's probably about time to unveil this new you theme did. song. Yeah, because so, Paul, what does Paul do here again? Paul's a bartender for the show. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. So what the bartender does a week after week is uh, the bartender shows up prepared after doing his homework with a nice uh, drink. Like a shot for the entire crew that allows us to uh, to uh, get a little loose for the sh- episode, unwind if you will, and enjoy ourselves. But it's we hired the bartender fluid. because he's a, he's a bit of a mixologist that always brings us something new every week. Yeah, terrible usually. <laughs> yeah, well, it's sometimes terrible, but sometimes just right delicious. Well, you know what it usually sounds like. Usually involving a moonshine cherry. <laughs> yes, but. What are we going to title this uh, segment of the show? I think if we titled it, if we entitled it, we would probably have a better chance of it catching on as being a hot topic want, for our listeners. I came up with a title for this segment. And do, do you want to hear the title first or do you want to hear the song first? And then I'd like to hear the title like first. The, title. the yeah. title of this segment is Paul's Potables. Paul's Potables. No, yeah. You know, I thought Potables was like a quote. Like potent potables. If you watch like um, Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Jeopardy, they talk about potent potables. Is that about liquor? A pot, uh, anything potable means you can drink it. It's 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 a it's a fluid you can drink if it's potable. Okay. And then, done uh, his research this a week. lot of times, what's it, the other? It one? refers to like an alcoholic beverage. Quotable potables. Is Maybe it's it? about quotes about drinking, right? Oh, it could be. Yeah, or, Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. I potables. Don't know. Anyways, but this one's about Paul's potables. Yeah. It's a new theme song unveiled world premiere tonight. <laughs> yes. By the man that writes the music from the show, Dave Charters. Hit it, buddy. Are you ready? What could be better than something from Paul? Something delicious and something so small. Just take one sip, you can tell that it's notable. Now is the time to try one of Paul's potables. Woo! That is awesome. Very good song. Ah, new mic. Uh, here's our... Holy All right, Polly. Yes. Polly, what do you got for us tonight? Yeah, that's okay. I got nothing. Get your own fucking beer. He <laughs> 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 wrote that beautiful song for you. Yeah. Brought it's, tears to my eyes time. almost. Beer fridge is over there, Dave. Grab one. Paul, it's time for your segment. Uh, Come on, can I get some Paul's, sort of like Paul's a potables. shot with a with a cherry in it? Anything? Something. You got well, nothing yeah, back there? I'll whip something up. We got some moon Oh, here you know, comes I, the cherry. Well, yeah, Jesus like Christ, if my if the man that writes the music for the show is gonna like write a theme song for you, you think you could mix something up in a small cup just for those poor souls that are sweating? You have oh, one job on the show. I know you've got caught up in your fanfare that you're Mr. F- uh, famous all of a sudden. Yeah, let's get him a new mic because he's so good. Yeah. Your own beer. So maybe you do your job deal. once in a while where you make us a fucking drink. You ever think about that? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I think we caught him off guard with that. Eh? Maybe we'll, we'll I give gave him a few Paul, I, I gave Paul a warning. I felt so guilty about ambushing him because I know Paul's been busy and he comes to bartend my show and he's given up on the whole shot idea at the beginning of the show. And so I told him, I felt so guilty about it. I told him at the beginning of the show, Dave's wrote a theme song for you and it's something that you do every week. <laughs> so just so you know. It's kind of a job. So you prepared. <laughs> He thought he was going to have to say, fuck right And then the even at the thing. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even though I told him at the beginning of that segment, I said, what does Paul do? Well, he makes us a drink every week. And he sits there and listens to that whole thing and the theme song that you wrote for him beautifully. It was and, and didn't even reach no, for a glass. Never, didn't even reach for budged. a shot glass. That's all I thought. can get his own beer. I thought it was the four of us. The original four. I don't have to wait on you. Only when we have guests. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait on the guests. Like you guys. We have friends, We're just a bunch of pear-shaped losers. <laughs> yeah. Your own beer. So now you know we got another regular segment in the show. Yeah, Paul's so. Pokeballs. Oh, hey, but it's only Every, it's only every three weeks where Dave can play the theme song. Cause, uh, I'll teach the band leader the band theme leader, song. Yeah. It'll probably take him two or three months to play it right, but it's okay. Oh, I love goodness. how he says he loves me and then just jabs me deep within my loins. Eh? I'm going to kick the fuck out of that theme song. <laughs> I just want to say that we are live from Periscope. This is the 80th episode of Live from the Dutch Hall. It's been uh, it's a great event. I think there's been some there's some surprise guests that may show up later. Probably when we're off Periscope, unfortunately. But when we're when, but when we're uh, I think they're supposed to be coming. They're, we're in the middle of texting, and there's oh, a exciting. bunch of great guests that may show up to celebrate our 80th episode. Oh, that's great. But I'm really excited. Well, one thing we did when Dave was writing all these theme songs, and uh, we've been doing this for weeks, and this has been a part of the. We're calling this episode "Battle of the Band," eh? Because uh, <laughs> I've been noticing a lot of turmoil between my band members, the Nocturnal Emissions, and I've been worried about uh, kind of how this is going with them. And uh, one of the things that created a rift between you guys was uh, the fact that Mike has been talking about a segment for the show that we've been uh, talking about for. Some time called the sports break. We're gonna do a sports break because I saw how much my, yeah, my Mike Bow lit up when we talked about sports. The one time I'm like, we've unleashed a beast. Like, I mean, only <laughs> no. watches sports. It's the only thing he watches on TV is sports, and uh, that's it. That's it, pretty much. Maybe Very Family Guy. Entertaining. Yeah, maybe family. Sh- that's my other show. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, well, we gotta we gotta keep room for a, a sports segment. So Mike was thinking I might think about writing a theme song. For for the sh- theme song, theme a theme thong? song, yeah, a theme song for the though, <laughs> a theme song for the though. He was thinking about writing one, eh? Yeah, he was thinking about writing one, which, which then, of course, that creates the ire of Dave, who wrote most of the music for the show. Yeah, band later, I'll give you, but there's I, one lyric and feedback. We got the feedback that was written by Mike Bo, yeah, which is the the high pitch, the high pitch feedback. Thank you. You Thank can't you. take that away. That was yeah, your... you're you're right. Mike Bo is responsible for all the backup vocals in. <laughs> feedback we got feedback you're absolutely right thank you yeah. thank you very much that's why it's but he actually hit. wrote the lyric he actually wrote the lyric and you can't take that away from him it's that's not true. that he just sings the lyric you wrote in the background that's true you get full writing credit it's the octave i went to. on the album it was yeah. super high yeah that's right and i can't wait for those of you who haven't watched the show on periscope or whatever and you think uh, is there a feedback segment coming on this show there is a feedback well, Oh. Not, not yet, boys. Oh, uh, not yet. It's not time. It's not time for that. Right now, it's time for sports break. But the problem is, what? there's two theme songs for sports break. So now we have to leave it up to the live from the Dutch Hall audience. This is to decide which is our theme song for sports break because we have the man that writes the music for the show, Dave Charters. 
who's written a sports oh. break theme song. But we also have the band leader, Mike Bo, who has written a theme song unprecedented without the aid of his of his uh, of his co-band member, Dave Charters. And this is this is unprecedented. I can feel a little bead of sweat coming out of my upper lip. This is because I'm feeling stressed out. You know, I named this battle of the band. I knew there was tumultuous uh, times between the two of you, but what I also like is the creative competition that that exists when you guys are really going head to head, making each other great. So what I want, what I'm going to do, if you ask, we're going to leave this up to the live from the Dutch Hall audience. We're going to play both theme songs for our sports break segment, and let the fans decide. And uh, then we'll go into our sports breaks, which are brought to you by my actual band this week. All right, great. Who goes first? How do we decide? Uh, you want to flip a coin or something like yeah. that? Oh, let's flip this beer cap. If it lands claw side down, who's calling up or down? I'll take down. Okay. Claw side down is Mike. Is Mike. Up is Dave. Dave goes oh. first. It's it a lot of pressure. One way or the other? That's okay. a really good question, Jane. <laughs> I, I, none of us, none of us what? knew, none of us knew the answer to that question. That's why it was a fair flip because nobody knew what the hell it would do. <laughs> but I, I'm playing the rest of this contest under protest, just so you know. I'm going to research this after the show. Why? Because the flip. Yep. We'll if, if your song's the best, your song's gonna be the best. You don't have to worry about when you play it. That's right. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready for the sports break theme song. Another world premiere. It's go. Here we go. Sports break. <laughs> I like to call this one "Let's Talk Balls." That's enough dick jokes. Let's talk balls. There it is. There it is. That's isolated and everything. I can pull that. Now, Mike. Before I uh, do mine, apparently our uh, Nocturnal Emissions band think along the same lines. What? <laughs> mine goes like this. We're talking about cocks and balls. Eddie shoots and scores them all. We're talking about cocks and balls and sports stuff. <laughs> it's pretty good. That is really good. I'm very impressed with that, actually. It's pretty good. It's a bit long, though. It's a bit long. I thought it what was, was about. I thought Paul's it was short. Portables is like five minutes long. I had another verse. Guys slap each it. other's asses with towels. Oh, okay, Paul's Portables is back with the actual shot. We'll wait till you can describe it. When now you're is the time to try one of Paul's potables. Hey! So we have actually our bartender that woke up and actually started to uh, started to do, to do his job here. Now we've made a concoction which I can see has the signature mm. moonshine maraschino cherry in it. We're gonna finish that jar sometime. <laughs> yeah. I've never had one of these. How do you recommend uh, drinking? Oh, is this, this? your first moonshine like, cherry because of your legend problems? That's right. Like, try not to choke on it. Oh, it's delicious. You just chew on it and you enjoy you every swallow minute. first and then chew, or chew and then That's swallow. That's what I do. I swallow, swallow and then chew. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's the other concoction in this, Paul? A bit of vodka. Vodka. Oh. Vodka. Tito's. Yeah. You got a name for this, Paul? No, no, just shut up. Man. And what's the other stuff? Shut it's called up. Shut Up and Drink It. Oh, Shut Up and Drink It. All right. Cheers, cheers everybody. Oh, it's delicious. That cherry's going to get me. It was actually really good. It was really good. Seriously, what was in it? Whoa. Uh, that cherry really gets you. Oh, yeah. Vodka. It's the late one, Aiden. Vodka, um, <laughs> cherry whiskey, grenadine, moonshine, and a moonshine cherry. Oh. Holy. The grenadine and the... Cherry risky really took the sting out of all that moonshine. Nice mix, yeah, but that cherry like lasts that. forever. That was my one. Yeah, then it kicks you in your ass. The cherry yeah, that you chew on it kicks you in your ass like over and over what and over. What a great yeah. shot with all the cherry, eh? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I ruined just so many good you always shots. Get it. It's like chewing on a chloroform soaked rag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Now, the idea behind Sports Break, there was a two Sports Break thing. So if you like whatever one you like, just email me at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com or, or uh, reach out to me on Twitter or uh, Facebook or text. On, if you're watching on, per, on a Periscope and you liked one of those things, just text that thing right now. Let us know which one you like better. I think um, I think we'll leave it to, to the public to decide which one's going to be Sounds there good to me. next time. But uh, the sports break is usually when we run into a bit of a snag where we have nothing to talk about. Right. And then someone, Mike or Mike said he would bring something to the show. And uh, But this week I said, we have so much to talk about. And, and the group's back together. We'll have no problem filling the hour. So what do you have, Mike, for the oh, world you're still going to go to me. I I'm going to go to you early because I don't even need you because I'm so confident in this group for the rest of the show. That we're going to hit sports break right now because okay. I'd like to deal with what, okay. what you got to bring to the table. So we got uh, there's a there's a few stories, but I'm just going to make it quick because uh, that's what we should do here. So what we sent Why? out Why? We can take our time. Okay. Well, we sent out the tweet of the uh, or I did to the Dutch Hall. I was very uh, surprised to see a beautiful woman. I think it was uh, Venezuela. Venezuelan uh, news anchor. She was well proportioned and. Uh, we're not quite sure if she was happy or angry, but either way, in uh, when you're when you're Venezuelan, Venezuelan cu- yeah, culture, yeah, yeah, in their culture, when you're uh, showing great passion for something, whether you're angry or happy, you uh, just get nude, and yeah, she's uh, announcing the story about the soccer team. I think they lost actually to Brazil. And she decided to get topless and then take her pants off as well. It was uh, fantastic. Out of sorrow. Out of sorrow, she was so uh, distraught that she she stripped naked. Right. And it was... Like uh, naked, no panties? Like no panties. Like one section, titties out. Next section, vagina. But but the oh, but yes. the time when they won the, the the game before that they won she undressed for uh, rejo- as to rejoice rejoicing. same thing but to rejoicing. rejoice yes it's a beautiful culture was was it on a bet or a dare or anything what was it no she's a newscaster she's a responsible broadcast journalist yeah, yeah. she's a real yeah, uh, cover sports she covers very sports for a news channel in Venezuela Passionate. so if you go to the life if you go to right. Dutch Hall on Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. I think I've retweeted the story so you can see it there or you go to Mike Bo Mike you want to plug your Twitter. Yeah, just at Mike Boa. That's it. Hey, uh, a nice how, picture of my dad there. Have you got any new Crown the Lion listeners lately? No, no? zero. No, oh, yeah, we've really died oh, off. Oh, we're never going to be playing in, no, in uh, no, Tennessee. Tennessee. Bristol's not looking good right now. Oh my goodness! We, if you just want to go on Crown the Lions web, give us uh, a like. Facebook place, give give them a like. If you while you, while you're at it, go to Life in the Dutch Halls too, and just yeah. give me a like. I don't think I've got a new one for a long time because it's nice to get a new one every. Yeah, now it's and then. nice. I don't like Facebook that much, to be honest with yeah. you. But I like, but but it's nice to get a like once in a while, you know. <laughs> People it, care. Tw- Twitter is great. You get new new followers all the time, you know? right? And then, uh, but my numbers don't ever seem to go up. I think people leave me as quickly as they come. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'll follow you, but then as soon as you say something stupid, I'm gone. It's like, well, I'll be tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait five minutes, right? Do you have any? What's the other? Yeah, story? my other one was. Uh, well, I'll just get a quick plug in for our Canadian soccer girls that had a big win against Switzerland. Hey, so let's hear it for them. Let's, let's cheers them. Go girls! Yeah, the girls I watched that. Ass. I'm not sure who they got. It was Norway or England. I think they get. So I'm not sure who they play next, but good for them. Yeah, yeah, it's either Norway or England. I yeah, don't know who won that I'm game. I'm not sure either. But that's uh, they've really overachieved. Really, I don't think people have expected them to get this far. Yeah, I think they're right where if. If they win this next one, it's like they've won. But, yeah, 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 yeah. To get to the quarterfinals in the World huge. Cup when your Canadian soccer team is yeah. like unprecedented, like yeah. we were pretty jacked about it. 
Those girls are playing great too. It's, they're they're move, fun to watch. Oh, they are really fun to watch, and they are fierce out there. The tackling. Oh my goodness, they're wow. brutal women. Yeah, they're oh brutal to each other. Yeah, it's pretty fun to watch. It I like is, it. Yeah. I like it. They get real mean if you're looking for some nasty. I was watching World Cup soccer last year with my wife, and and I was really into it. So it was on TV a lot, and I got my kids into it and all that stuff. And my wife, I was like, I'm sorry, it's on, soccer's on TV so much, and she's like. Uh, no, I like it too because the guys are all in great shape and they're all uh, handsome, you know, like yeah. swarthy, like uh, <laughs> nice haircuts, you know, like uh, swarthy Spaniards, like she <laughs> likes or whatever it is, like the olive skin, you know, like whatever is not me, super thing. <laughs> Cristiano like. Ronaldo. Yeah. So she's like, no, that's no problem. I like this game. I like watching this <laughs> game, right? And then uh, you know, I would like watching the girls in the crowd who were World Cup because there's there you'd see another country like what do Ukrainian girls look like and they're like, oh they're gorgeous you know every woman in every country looked great right I sure did but now we're watching girls World Cup soccer and I'm like Jane what do you got you got nothing now because now they're not there's not any handsome guys taking their shirts off or there's there's just like they pan at the when the national anthem goes off at the beginning of the game they're panning the girls and you look at them and you're like oh man like yes yes. <laughs> Yes, lesbian. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but still yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she's up for it, I would definitely like try to switch her. You know, yeah. in a different world, of course. But yeah, yes, yeah. There are like a lot of good-looking women, eh? Yeah, that are playing these. Even the Swiss, the Swiss team was like pretty hot, eh? Yeah, the Swiss. They are, uh... There was one of the good Dutch girls that was uh, real good-looking too. Tickle your fancy. Uh, something like Vandendonk. Vandendonk. Ooh, right oh. in the middle. Yeah, Danielle Vandendonk, I think. Center mid, yeah. Oh, she was a good-looking girl, I thought. She really got me thinking. <laughs> should give you a Vandendonk. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> I would my little Vandendonk. A Vandendonk and the Vandendike. Mm-hmm. Anyways, girl soccer, that's always been like a, like, a, like a real like soft spot for me. I remember even when I was on, I, I've been long dedicated to my wife, who's filming for Periscope and standing right in front of me. <laughs> But when I was, uh, we were on a break, you know, like the old Ross and Rachel break oh, back really? in the day. Yeah. Ross and I remember that there was this one girl, it was a soccer player, and um, we started talking about it, and I, and I always told her, I said, I really like soccer players. Like, they have great legs. They're always, like, seem to be, like, kind of cool girls yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, we went to see a, the university girls soccer game together or whatever, and then we went to a movie and dinner, and we had a great time. And uh, she was a great girl. And then uh, I never saw her again because then I thought she was such a great girl I wouldn't want to uh, screw it up with my wife. Oh, so I never nice saw. Nice choice. Yeah, and then she got a little heavier. <laughs> Quit playing uh, soccer. <laughs> and I realized I probably made the right move. How'd that make you feel? Probably pretty good. Yeah, you want to know how shallow a person I am though, because <laughs> even because even uh, when even the next year, like when the sexual tension part was gone, like it was when we just became friends, like we still kind of ran into each other and we we're just kind of friendly. There was no like. Uh, there was no like sexual tension anymore. Yeah. But I would go over to their house and just you know visit or whatever because we were friendly. And uh, one time she went into the bathroom and they had this big like I remember they had this big like crossword puzzle on the on the wall that was like uh, you would write it in um, like wipe away marker. Yeah. You could fill it in and you'd ra- erase it and you could do it again. And so it was in the bathroom. So when they're taking a dump, they could like do this crossword <laughs> puzzle. You know. You didn't pick that marker up, did you? No, I didn't touch anything in, in there. I wouldn't. <laughs> But the one time I was visiting with her, and she just went into the bathroom, and she took a dump, and it was, like, smelly in the in the apartment or, like, the little college apartment that we were in, and uh, I never visited her again. That was it. That was it. It was enough to be, like, that's the stink of her taking a dump. It was just like, eh, I'm not going to go visit her anymore. It's funny how, uh, like, girls have to put up with us, but then 
as soon as a smell like that comes off, it's over. You get hit, yeah. <laughs> as soon as a girl who a smell like that comes off a girl, it's like, well, see you later. Yeah, there was this one girl when we were in uh, first year university. They had this like uh, part, this this uh, place in residence that was across from where we lived that would sell subs and stuff like that to um, as part of your meal plan in university. And we went over one time, and I was with this girl, and she said to me, um, "I just came from the bathroom, and that girl that's making the subs." Took the stinkiest poop oh. that I ever smelled, yeah. Oh. And so I was like, uh, every time, even after that, when you'd go up to get your sub made, and she was the one going to make your sub, I'd be like, no, I'm still thinking about it for a while. Let this guy go first, and then I'd take the next guy to make really? the sub. Just because of the vision of her taking a stinky dump, I could never get it out of my head when she was touching my meat and the vegetables and, and stuff like that. putting those gloves on. Oh, even with the gloves. Even with the jingle for poop talk. Yeah, we think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It always seems to come up. I got a, I got a couple more things for sports break if it's if it's not over yet. Oh, sports break! So you actually brought something to the table. Holy I did for sports moly. break. Oh, two it? two baseball things. Maybe you guys saw uh, them. I'm not sure, but yes. one was uh, Wrigley Field this week. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, the guy with so the was baby? my other one. Yeah. yeah. Cubs fan uh, sitting in the first row on uh, the first baseline. On Father's front, Day. Right? Front row. Yeah. Reaches out and catches a uh, foul ball. Holding his toddler. Yeah. Not even a toddler, like an infant, a seven month old infant. Yeah. Yeah. Barely holding him. Barely holding like him. The, but holding him by the face. Yeah, he's he's like sliding the right yeah. down. He's, but the baby's feeding. He's feeding the baby at the same time. Baby never uh, dropped the bottle or anything. Picks the foul ball right out of the fielder's out of the glove. fielder's glove. Oh, like yeah. it was beautiful, yeah. right? Saved a saved an out for his team. No, 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 cost him an out. It, it, was it a, did. That yeah, you're right, Pete. Yeah. It cost. It him. cost him an out. It cost the game. Yeah, the crowd should have booed him. Oh no, really? I, Why? Because he picked it out of the guy's glove. They they uh, because fan interference is uh, out for the team then. Oh. So they got no. They actually won the game, but they won one nothing. But they got the out, so the inning was yeah. over. Oh, that was the end of the inning. Yeah. yeah, it was the end of the inning. He blew so, it really. So a lot it was of really were, a bad move. Like yeah. he shouldn't have done it. Because fan interference ever since that old Cubs thing with the guy, oh, yeah, yeah. Steve, oh, whatever yeah, yeah. his name was. His life has been is still screwed up. It's like on like 30 for 30, eh? Like, you watched could, that one? Yeah. That was a great one. Bad. Yeah, that 30 for 30 where they showed the guy that, that caught that Steve, ball. Steve, something I forget. Yeah, his life was but ruined. That's, the rule's been there. Well, this guy caught a lot of flack from the media, not so much about the out, but more about uh, a bad parenting move. <laughs> caring about his kid. Right? Yeah. But if you listen to him, I, I agree with him, actually. He's sitting down there in the in the front row. There's not a lot of wiggle room up there, and there's a foul ball coming. So he has two options. He can try and catch it and protect his kid, right. or he can, like, turn and cower, and who knows where the ball's going to bounce or go, right? So... I think he made the right move. Or take charge and be a man. And you just right. like freaking, I'm going to catch this one by holding my baby by the face. That's with right. The, pushing the bottle in his mouth and catch this thing like, and just be like a boss. Beautiful yeah, bare hand. And his wife sitting beside him. She loved it. And she was loving the whole thing. She's yeah. like, my husband should be playing on the field. Yeah. Look how good he <laughs> is. Bare snag. hand. Great yeah. snag. The other one is uh, A-Rod. Yep. This week hit his 3,000th hit. Oh, it's joined, He joined the 3,000 club. Which is really cool, but what's... It's, it's uh, taunted, isn't it? Or tainted? Tainted. Not taunted? taunted? It's taunted. taunted. Is that right? Did we, you wear your hamaka and taunt that guy? from Dutch all likes to make up our own words. I'm going with taunted. <laughs> tainted. It's a taunted victory. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a taunted victory. Taunted victory. <laughs> but what's cool is if you go and look it up, you can find an open letter that he wrote about that hit. Oh. And it's a real glimpse into... Uh, into uh, psyche? Alexander Rodriguez's psyche, yeah. So he's so, deeper than just a baseball player. Yeah, this is like a thousand-word like letter, probably. I'm yeah. just going to hit the high points. All right. Oh, you got it up already? Yeah. It opens... Uh, 
He says, Dear fans, Friday was a very special day for me. In my first at-bat against the Tigers, I was fortunate enough to collect the 3,000th hit of my career at Yankee Stadium, and it was a home run. Pretty cool, 3,000th hit. And then uh, he goes on, like, thanking people. He didn't, uh, you know, he did a press conference, but you can't thank enough people, so he's thanking a lot of people in this thing. And uh, he says that he, there's 28 other people who have done it, and then he, he says that he, without Wikipedia or anything, he, he writes them all down here, every name. He knows them in his head because he's a school of the game, uh, uh, student of the game, right, is what he says. And then uh, this is one of my favorites when he's thanking people. He says, thank you to the Steinbrenner family for issuing such an emotional and heartfelt statement via the team's Twitter account to congratulate me on my 3,000th hit. Then he quotes the tweet, quote, congratulations, Alex, on your 3,000th hit. End quote. <laughs> that was a real nice sentiment. Yeah. They really he's totally dug, making fun of the They really dug right? deep, eh? Yeah. And thank you to Brian Cashman for faving and then unfaving it. That little yellow star meant the world to me for the three minutes it was there. <laughs> <laughs> he really wrote that? Yeah, it's all. It's a huge letter. It's it's. That's it's awesome a great that he read. said that he, that he tells people to go fuck themselves on the yeah. Twitter thing, right? I had nothing but good things to say about the fans and the whole like the organization, great team to play with, and everything like I that. I love how the fans like will all of a sudden back off. Like uh, A Rod's a complete fraud because he's on right. steroids right. and he can hit home runs. The home run record doesn't count, but the hit record, like steroids, don't help you hit the ball. They just help you hit it far, right? That's the perception of yeah, the people because yep. they're okay with the hit record. Yep. The hit record they're all jazzed up about, but the home runs were tainted because he was uh, or taunted. 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 They were taunted. Let's get it right they're because <laughs> because he was because he was on steroids. He was a juicer. Right? Yeah, but this is okay. This is where it gets uh, kind of interesting, I think. And this is way down deep in the letter. He says, thank you to the entire wardrobe community. In my darkest days, when I could hardly find the will to gallop across your enchanted fields, you pushed me to never give up. Our pickup games on the poppy diamond at Centaur's Crossing kept my skills sharp and made my transition back to the inferior human leagues much, much easier. That's, that's, in, a, that's, that's lunacy, right? In the unforgettable proclamation of Gold Hoof, the immortal satyr, I am, oh, I am the really lucky. <laughs> I am the luckiest creature in the fifteen realms. I blow this flute for you. Oh, that is awesome! That is really good. I didn't <laughs> know he was that's that where nuts. The cuckoo oh came yeah, out. I did totally hear a story crazy. about A Rod where he had a picture, like a commissioned uh, portrait, painted of him as a centaur, where it's his his face and body, but like on a horse's. Uh, you know, on yeah. horse. He's into some weird shit, I think. Yeah, he loves that shit, man. He loves that fucking fantasy stuff where he's like a, the he's a centaur and he's just like mounting oh, yeah. some like goat hooved girl or something like that. Like whatever that Led Zeppelin, like oh yeah, the, 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 yeah, lots the whole, of long trips. Yeah, whatever that like uh, Lord of the Rings bullcrap yeah, that yeah. They were, that Robert Plant was singing about. That's what he's into, the right? Steps of Mordor. Yeah. 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 I'm at a girl so fair. And then his ego comes out near the end, uh, really comes out here. He says, and thank, and lastly, thank you to Jeets. Is that uh, Jesus? No. Well, he is Jesus in yeah. Yankee terms. Derek Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. Oh, uh, Jeter, yeah, yeah. I know that you're busy play, uh, with your post-playing career, but I hope these thoughts eventually find their way to you. You are my captain, my best friend, my hero, the inspiration for all that I do and all that I am. I hit a home run for my 3,000th hit as a tribute to yours but to the opposite field out of respect for where yours landed in left. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's saying he totally called yeah, it he called to that shot. I didn't want to do what you did. Like, it's like, P- like Peter, the great re- apostle. <laughs> right. He didn't want to get crucified because I was the same as Jesus. Flip me upside down. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That's how, much, that's how great A-Rod is. I'm going to oh, call yeah. the other field. Yeah. I'm just going to do it that way. Yeah. 
as it respects for Jeets. For Jeets. Jeets. For Jeets. He also, he also thanked the pitcher that threw the pitch and said, uh, you know, our names will be linked together now long after we're gone forever. Thank you very much. And you're, I think you're a good guy. We should hang out. Thanks for Yeah, I'll be drowning there. myself in a bottle of whiskey and like <laughs> feeling real bad about it. You're, you're happy about it. It's mm. like, I'm not going to party with you, A-Rod. You yeah. nailed me. It's like Ryan Vanbush isn't going to be happy because, uh, or like, say, Hextall. My first goal in the NHL was on you, so you should be happy about it. You're on the trophy with me. You know, yeah. I have it up in my house. It's a trophy. I score on Hextall. But he must feel real good about that, that, yeah. uh, that me, my first goal, I couldn't score on anybody else, but I could score on you. <laughs> right? Yeah, I thought that was a good – that's a good read. If you look it up, the whole thing is pretty entertaining. Yeah, he sounds insane. I like that. I like more, I like more insane <laughs> I sports like figures. That. Yeah. The only other, speaking of insane people, this is my sports thing oh, I brought to the break. I got one to bring to the break, ready. too. Real sports show like today. It. I like it. Uh, you know P. Diddy? You know Puff Daddy? Sean Puffy Combs? Yeah, I've heard of him. Sean. Who, you Diddy? Is it just Diddy now? Dits. Doesn't the he old, have his own, is he a clothing designer or something? Doesn't he have his own clothing yeah. line? I like to call yeah. him P. Dot, you know, like P. the old P. Dot. Well, anyways, his son's a, a heck of a basketball player. And he, I guess he was down, I think it was, and I'm going to speak with no research. This is a non-research sports break. <laughs> So I apologize with all I screw up, but I think he played for UCLA or something down in California. Okay. So uh, Puff Daddy was down there watching his son uh, try out for this uh, basketball team, a college basketball team. And uh, the coaches were really ripping at his son, like really ripping at his son, like a lot of coaches do. I think this was the assistant coach. You know, like some coaches will coach with praise. They'll try to – like I've never played – I'm not big on athletics. I didn't, I didn't uh, do a lot of it growing up. But I think there's some coaches that pray, that kind of like try to get you through encouragement and try to get you to do well. And there's other coaches that just like treat you like a piece of shit, you know? Like they just really like tell you you're no good and you're – you got to do better. You know, my grandma shoots yeah. better than that or whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. Because that pressure helps some people excel, right? Both 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 types are probably Yeah, good both for types people. are pressure and some people respond better to different kinds or whatever. So there's room for both, I guess. I wouldn't take the one kind as good as the other, but the but some people like are if you're in that world, you just like being in the army or whatever, right. you get used to it, you know, yeah. you just get used to it. So anyways, Puff Daddy's not used to it. He's watching <laughs> his uh his son get get uh reamed out by this coach and then he goes to pay the coach a visit in his office after the game, right? Like and I guess uh, Puff Daddy's being charged with a number of uh, uh, counts of uh, assault and uh, oh. uh, uttering death threats and uh, assault with a deadly weapon, which I think was like kettlebells. Yeah. His dick. He like hit him with kettlebells? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. It wasn't his dick. It wasn't his dick. It was kettlebells, I think. That was next. Yeah. Dick was next. Yeah, imagine just taking a taking I'm, a guy I'm and beating him. Diddy. Yeah. Beating him with <laughs> your My diddy dick. dick. Beating him with Diddy's dick. If LeBron James was in there, he wouldn't have been scared. But no, no, not during game time for sure. With a, that little white dick, right. is. that's what he uses baby powder for. Yeah, the baby powder is to make it so white. Is that what he does? This <laughs> white he just coats it in white baby powder. <laughs> it looks like the guy from The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ugh. anyways, P. Diddy didn't. He's in some big trouble there, trying to help out with his uh, his son there. I think it was just maybe a, a, a what do they call it? A tiger parent, Dave? Tiger parent? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Tiger uppercut. It's another uh, bad parenting move, eh? In the sports break. Yeah, I heard. I heard that uh, someone made a point this week. I was watching. I've been watching the show Party of or Dinner for Five. It's the old IFC show with John Favreau and stuff. I've been watching a bunch of them. And one guy said this week or something about having kids and having like a strong sense of family. He said it was like uh, pretty cool that when you have like a bunch of kids, 
and you um, you get to and you even watch when your parents deal with your kids, or you watch the way you deal with your kids, or even if you see another kid that reminds you of yourself when you were young, you know, and you'll kind of try to correct your own childhood by what you do to that kid, you know, like why what you like how you interact with that child will be somehow like kind of correcting a wrong that you feel in your life, or like living the way that you wish someone treated you when you see that part of yourself that you that you didn't didn't like or whatever, and you can kind of correct the wrongs and in your own life by right. kind of going through this with the younger generation or even when you see your parents deal with your kids and you see like well they're they're correcting some things that you know if they had more time to do that with you they would have but yeah, now that right. they're now that they're grandparents they can do it you know type of thing and that if you didn't have that i was thinking it would be just terrible like not to be able to kind of have a second like kind of address it you know if you were the type of person that just said i don't like kids i'm never going to have them right and you just would get to a certain point like that sort of stuff is kind of cathartic to help you deal with your own kind of crap. Even just for the sake where you think when your old childhood stuff's important and then you have your own kids and you're like, well, none of that matters anymore. You know, now they're the ones that matter, you know, right. like my crap's insignificant, yeah. you know? Yeah. But if you never have that, then you're just going to always think about your own petty crap forever. Like you're not going to be able to let that go. Like I never, I never really thought of it that way before. I forget who said it. It would have been great if I remembered it, but. You I thought that was really interesting. I think it's true. I know some older people who never had kids and they're they're still kind of kids themselves, you know, even though they're well advanced in their years. You can tell that they never had kids of their own by the way they act. Yeah, cuz they're fo- more focused internally, right? Right. And then they don't they don't really think outside of themselves. But you find that with your kids then, too, Dave, where you were like uh where you see yourself like uh, maybe they do something that reminds you of yourself when you were young and you try to like well, you, you, they, they, someone, the way the guy said it was that over time, like you, you as a family keep trying to get it right, you know? Yeah. And then like you all kind of screw it up, but then I've, the next generation tries to fix it. And over time you kind of get the whole, you might be get closer to it. You know? I find myself comparing events that are happening like in real time, like, and then, and then I'll find myself flashing back to when I was a kid and, and like trying to remember how my parents acted in that moment and how it's so different than the way I'm acting right now and like and it that kind of makes me happy you know because I think I'm doing it better than they did like but progress I'm, I might right. not be but yeah we're making our own problems that we don't even know yet right? right like we try to fix the ills of the previous generation and then we kind of get some of it right but then we create a whole bunch more problems oh, yeah. that are wrong you know and then yeah. we ruin them in a different way or whatever but I think overall I think we're kind of are still getting better like we are, like yeah, it's like are evolution, a little, right? A little nicer. Like you can't get like a, a nun can't beat the shit out of you with a, like a wooden paddle anymore at school, right? <laughs> and that was only like what thirty it wasn't years that ago. Long ago, no. Yeah, that we could you could do that. And so my kids need. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. think maybe it's gone too far, right? Get beaten by a nun, I'll straighten them out, right? Like it, it's probably effective on some on a certain percentage of the population. You know, it, there's a yeah. good outcome from that. But even you look at the people, people that are screwed up by it, they usually pull that energy into something good too right like the people that if you look at a lot of great artists in history like that have been they've been like george carlin or something like that he was like tortured by nuns as a kid right but that helped him develop his angst towards the whole institution that was religion and it made some for some great art you know like right so like it's something to say if you grow kids in bubbles and they just end up being the same kid all the time like you know nothing they don't deal with any adversity at all and then how are they equipped to handle life? You know, they can't go through the whole thing without adversity. Like there's guaranteed adversity in life, right? Yeah. So you have to go through with it, right? You know what I, f- that's, that's the point with no joke. But there was a, <laughs> there was a, 
There was something I forgot to do from the very beginning, and I have to do it now. I have to do it in the part of the show. And this is we have a brand new sponsor for our 80th episode. No theme song for this one at oh. all. But it's a brand new sponsor, and I'd like to to do it. You should maybe I'll just sponsor feedback. We got feedback. This will be the time to do it then. We got feedback. Feedback. Oh, you really nailed it that time, band leader. I know I did. Oh, thank you. Welcome to feedback. <laughs> feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Uh, this week's feedback, we got feedback, is brought to you by a brand new sponsor for this week, and the brand new sponsor for this week is. Pete Van Dyke, or Peter Van Dyke. I'll, I'll say my re- real name there, there, Pete Van Dyke. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know what I figured? After all this time of trying to get people to sponsor and donate to my show by being a shareholder or just going on the uh, PayPal donate site on my website or doing whatever, getting the uh, good support from VG Meats and Amazon, but not really uh, really getting anywhere uh, financially. I thought, you know who should probably sponsor this show is the, our primary uh, donator to the, to, the epi- to the effort, which is Pete Van Dyke, myself, Peter Van Dyke. And I thought, well, I should probably sponsor the show formally. And I thought, and the only way to do that is to tell you uh, why, what I am, uh, like what the Pete Van Dyke is all about and what you can get if you bought pete van dyke right if you bought him right that would be i guess my ad and i want to tell you um what i am is a guy with 15 years of uh commercial lending experience i have dealt with i have made money for all kinds of companies hundreds of different companies from uh small family farms to large multinational corporations i did it for 15 years so i was in the belly of the beast of the banking industry so I speak their horrible language, and if anyone out there has to deal with things in their business, like acquire new financing for growth, if you are looking at a family transfer, if you're looking at strategic planning to try to achieve your retirement goals or try to grow your business, and you're dealing with people like bankers, accountants, lawyers, uh, investment guys, and all these people that are speaking at a high level and are motivated by their own profits, and you're not completely comfortable that they're doing the right thing for you, you can call me, Pete Van Dyke, at uh, 519-420-7566 or reach out to me at petervandyke at bellnet.ca and I will uh, sit down with you for a free consultation where we'll look at your business plan, look at where you're going, what you want to do. We'll give you a quote as to what it would take to deal with your bankers or your accountants and whoever to do that. And if it's of value to you, if that sort of stuff makes you uncomfortable, which a lot of people, when you're dealing with a business all the time, when you have to do that sort of thing that's like over and above kind of where your comfort level is, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And if I can help you do that, I'd be happy to. So again, just reach out to me at petervandyke at bellnut.ca, and I will do what I can to help you out. That's Pete, that's our new sponsor, Pete Van Dyke. Let's all right. All right. Sounds like a great deal. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a bad deal. You look at all the stuff. Even if you go, like, get three lenders and you uh, kind of like put them against each other, and you save some money on interest, like it helps pay for the fee of handling a guy like Pete Van Dyke pretty quick. But anyways, we also like to thank our other sponsors, VG Meats, uh, who has got a great pepperettes deal on. Oh. So if you make that four dollar purchase, there's a chance that three dollars and sixty cents, a portion of that three dollars and sixty cents, are come back to help me. But if you'd like to. Fill your trunk, fill the back seat, fill everything with pepperettes, mm. and really make a difference so we can get Paul a microphone around here. Yeah, I like 
Why, why wouldn't you do that? I, uh, I I heard guys are filling their live wells this weekend for opening day with pepperettes. With pepperettes. Oh, Eating yeah. them and then putting the fish in after. By the sounds of it. You know what this is also, you know, this is a, that reminds me. Because you know what this is also the anniversary of? The greatest show ever. Remember the greatest show ever that was done? Oh, it was is this one year ago. One year Not ago, the, show we never, we never, the greatest show. We never heard the, the greatest, actual greatest we only show. Heard the actual clips. greatest show ever, which only five people have ever heard, and it was technically not the greatest show ever. <laughs> but no one will ever know the greatness of that episode. But that was a year ago today, which is right before opening day bass, which the live from the Dutch Doll crew is getting together, going to Turkey Point, and really shaking it up. So if you're listening Road to this trip. episode on uh, tomorrow morning, right out of the gate, <laughs> if you want to uh, keep an eye out in Turkey Point at the hot spots, you might see the live from the Dutch Doll crew really shaking it up tomorrow on a few bicycles. <laughs> couple, a couple hot rods. It a couple is dump bikes. It is going to be great times. Great times in Turkey Point tomorrow. So, feedback, we got feedback, is brought to you by everyone. And the only other person we have to say that it's brought to you by is Amazon. If you go to the Life from the Dutch Hall website and click on any of our Amazon banners, you can do all your shopping, and some of that will come back and help the show. Now, one thing they won't, you can't buy on Amazon is a, a Rebel Flag. Oh, yeah. They I will not allow this. you to buy a Rebel Flag anymore on Amazon. Really? But what you can buy... Is a is a bunch of Nazi paraphernalia. You can buy as much Nazi paraphernalia as you want, but no rebel flags, right? No, let's not get crazy. Right. So Walmart and Amazon, and then I know Amazon's a sponsor, but they don't care about me. But so <laughs> they they will out of public pressure because the Charleston shooting in the United States, the Charleston shooting. Uh, created a bunch of out, out and people. White people felt very guilty about another white guy going in and murdering people just because they're black. Because that sort of racism is so disgusting and gross, and that's understandable by everybody. But the white people felt so guilty, they thought, "Well, we're not going to go after the gun laws because we know how people get it in the states about that, right? They they feel like it's too polarizing." We'll go after this rebel flag. If we can go to the Dukes of Hazard and the General Lee, <laughs> we're going to solve all these race issues in the United States, right? So very, I watch the news once in a while because I, I feel like I have to, and it's terrible. If you watch the American news, it's so bad. It, it drives me crazy. I'm watching a guy, I think it was Charlie Rose. But I'm, not, I'm not even sure who it was. But he's on the news, and he's got the uh, two people whose one is the daughter, one is the granddaughter of one of the victims of the Charleston shooting, right? They have them on to be interviewed. And the guy asks the, the, the two people, the pair of the two, what would your dead father or dead grandfather say about the efforts that are being done to get rid of the rebel flag in the in the South, right, as a symbol? And uh, the girl said, well, I got to tell you the truth. Like, I've had lots of long conversations with my granddad, and we talked about all kinds of subjects, but that one has never come up. So I really would not, wouldn't even like to speak for him because he's not here to express his own opinion. So I would just say uh, he, it never really mattered to him at all, right? Next and, question. Right. <laughs> but that's his only agenda is to push the whole rebel flag agenda. He doesn't give it. He doesn't give a shit that uh, they don't care about it. He's pushing his own agenda. So he says to the uh, now this, the daughter, well, what do you think about the efforts that are being made to do this? What do you think personally, not what your your dad would think, but what do you think? And they said, well, let me, I, I see it as, uh, I know people are trying to do something nice, so I appreciate it. I guess I can just say that because I don't really, you know, it's, I don't really care, but like it's, it's nice that the people are trying to do something, you know, right? So, so 
He's like, well, I'll tell you why your why your dead father would care, because he was a Vietnam veteran, and he starts listing off the reasons why this person should care about what why your wow. dead father should care about the stuff I'm talking about the rebel flag crap, and the, they're they're just sitting they're ornaments at this point in time. Here they have people that were directly affected by this shooting or whatever. They put they they try to shove down their throat some agenda they don't give a shit about, and they and then they go on with it anyways, even if they don't care about it. Right? That's the news for you. They just portray whatever they want to portray, right? right. It's crazy. Wonder Asian why people. Yeah. The Asian dwarf is joined. Well, just in time for feedback, we got feedback every week on feedback. We got feedback. We like to uh, welcome our new listeners, and this week we will rec- welcome our new listeners from. Alamo Gordo, New Mexico, Mill Spring, North Carolina, <coughs> Suitland, Maryland, Rome, New York, and Westminster, Maryland. So thank you to Ooh. all our new listeners. Maryland. 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 Very nice. And you know what? Last week, uh, we threw a real swerve on poor Ryan Vandebush, been dedicated listener to the show, great guest, one of our, one of our very first guests ever on this program, been on a number of times. Never been named Listener of the Week. Heartbroken by it, you know. Came on the program during the a couple weeks ago and told us how heartbroken he was. Last week, you know, great opportunity to give him Listener of the Week, but we had we had a new guy come on board. Yeah, Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. Yeah. Steve Martin was yeah. great guy. Paul even uh, recognized Paul at the comedy show last week. Yeah, I saw him at the comedy show. I got to meet him. He gave good feedback, and then I got to meet him that night. That was great. Awesome. Yeah, Paul felt like a super real, fan. Super fan, super fan. We might have to get him in the Dutch Hall one of these days. Oh, yeah, he's in. So he, he ended up taking Ryan's spot. And this week, this week I'm telling you, I'm thinking, well, I can finally make it up to Ryan Vandenbush. But then who came on board and just freaking rocked it this week was Lori Ball. Oh. Lori Ball. Oh. Feedback, you got feedback. Wow. Nailing it. Sorry, Bushy. Can I play something for Lori? Yeah, you can. All right, I'll do that. Yo, the listener of the week. This is your week. Oh, very nice. That's another theme song, Mike. Uh, I wrote that. Send me the tab. <laughs> I'll work on it. Well, I'll tell you, Lori Ball, not only does she give feedback every week and she really tells me how things are going, but she also sent me a great uh, article this week that we could cover. She wanted the guys at the Live from the Dutch Hall crew to cover it on this week's episode. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. This, this is a really interesting article, I thought. It says hoppy beer. This is the uh, the headline. Hoppy beer, hoppy beer is giving you man boobs. Hmm. Yes, it was a it was a very uh, troubling article to me because hmm. I know that uh, I right away looked at my own chest just yeah. like you did, Mike. But <laughs> you you think I don't know how much hoppy beer I've been drinking. <laughs> but it, apparently, it's more with the IPAs. You know the the India yeah, pale, pale ales, ales yeah. and they're real hoppy. You know all those hipster beers. You know they get those home, these craft brews and yeah. all that stuff. They're real big on extra hops, extra hops. You know, but you know what hops create? They said, uh, uh, he said hops. Uh, they give beer their flavor, and they contain, but they contain high levels of physioestrogen, a plant, a plant version of the of estrogen. Really, right? and the chemical can be treat can be treated used to treat insomnia and menopause. <laughs> but in men, it can also contribute to the development of breasts and a form of impotence caused by heavy drinking, what? which is known as Brewer's Droop. <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn Brewer's That's a mouthful, droop, eh? That's a hard one to say five times fast. Brewer's Droop. Brewer's <laughs> Sounds like droop. slow motion, eh, when you say it. Like, I got Brewer's Droop. 
<laughs> That's how your dick feels too when it can't tries to raise. It's just <laughs> you can't get up. You don't want brewers droop. <laughs> Anyways, another herbalist named Susan Weed noticed that hops can be used as a sleeping aid or painkiller, but it's and it's also used to uh, to boost milk production for lactating women. Oh. And so you hear about lactating women, they'll drink a beer. That's right. But you drink a Bud Light, you're not really getting the effect. You're just a booze can. And you should probably look at your habits that you've formed, right? That's right. right. You need to well, get a nice be doing or something. A nice IPA. You want to get into your pale ale, you know, little Keith's yeah. or something. Get that frothy hops. Get gets your get your 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 boobs to nice juicy yeah. juicy with milk, you know. Anyways, so he says uh, this. Uh, they told Vice News that long-term exposure to physioestrogen and hops can eventually cause dif- difficulty sustaining erections. Other unwanted side effects of drinking hoppy beers like IPAs include premature aging, which I think you got, Dave. <laughs> uh, growth of man boobs and beer bellies. Dave, of, check, all... check, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Seems like you've been drinking a lot of Alexander Keats. Now, it also causes sluggishness, hair loss, and tooth decay, amongst others. And, it, and then it goes on to say, no, this is like more like a, a general. It says drinking alcohol can also cause damage to the liver, which can lead to the male body uh, converting androgens into estrogens, which can be another cause of breast development. So even if you're just boozing whiskey hard, you're going to probably grow titties, eh? So eventually, you're going to have droop dick, but you're going to have your own tips to play, tits to play with. So I think I mean, it works out in the end where you do still have something to do, but you know, you're just not going to get a boner from it. I know? have brewer's droop. I have brewer's droop. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm husband. just going to stay here and play with my titties. <laughs> I have a brewer's droop. <laughs> I have a bad case of brewer's droop. My... Oh, ballsy, barely. Faja. Faja, I, I think I have brewer's droop. Yeah, Let's man. head to the fuck off. There's no, I can't go to the Fakos. My, I have bruised droop. Fasha, I have bruised droop. They will not accept me in the Fakos. I told you to stay off the hops. <laughs> yeah, that hoppy beer. It's so good every time. <laughs> we'll make it, we'll never make it from Friesland. <laughs> All right, she called Winters. I need the hops. <laughs> The Periscope viewers just plummeted, eh? Yeah. No hearts. No hearts. <laughs> Everybody plummeted. It's all right. Freestyle's got lots of hearts. <laughs> yeah, it's probably our Pine Grove internet. Anyways, I was thinking that that was very much uh, uh, very much concerning, oh, two though. Hearts. Two hearts, eh? Or even from the Haitian Dwarves. Three hearts. Oh. So the only thing left to do, then, is to play one of the oldest theme songs that none of you bastards wrote. And that's... That's the one. I love that word. Hey, it's the Haitian Dwarf. Every week, this guy, uh, we've had a listener that's been with us week after week, and this week's no exception. The Haitian Dwarf has given us feedback about episode 79, and this week he says, five stars, five oh. stars. It's great news. Eh? Fantastic. Great news, great Fantastic. News. He says, the good news is, 
I'll soon be able to scratch former men's Olympic decathlon champion turned cover girl off my fuck it list. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. Wow. Wow. Now, I do say wow to this too, Michael, because this is is not just a flippant statement. This is just not a flippant statement. What the Haitian dwarf is implying here, and this is concerning to me a little bit because we know his history with the nullo procedure and all that stuff, but this is a... This is a real concerning thing because Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, if you don't know that, and this might be a time to play your 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 uh, bullshit with Julie oh, theme she's song. She's not here though. Yeah, well, she's not here, so we'll play it. How's <laughs> it? I can't remember. Bullshit. Bullshit with Julie. And this time, <laughs> it's going to be uh, bullshit with Pete. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, who we all know, is a former uh, decathlete and uh, turned uh, old lady uh, uh, hop drinking uh, <laughs> yeah maybe that was yeah maybe he just drank a lot of ipas yeah. and grew a nice set of jugs eh, caitlin jenner but anyways uh caitlin jenner is uh, uh, uh a transgender female right caitlin jenner is a transgender female pre-op pre-op now the haitian dwarf is claiming in his in his feedback this week that he is going to be crossing her off in inevitability off his fuck it list, which I can only assume. I've never heard. I've heard of a bucket list, but I haven't heard of the fuck it list. But I would assume that means kind of a similar thing, but about people you want to uh, fornicate with. Is that probably correct? That's probably good, you heard of the fuck it list? Anyone heard of that? No. Well, I assume that's what it, that's what I'm assuming, Haitian dwarf. So I hope I'm right on this. But the if you're going to cross her off in some in- inevitability, I would assume that you're going to be having intercourse with Caitlyn Jenner. So the Haitian dwarf and Caitlyn Jenner are going to be doing. Dirty things with parts, right? Dude. Now, H- H- Caitlyn right. Jenner did an interview on the news saying that she was uh, a lesbian or that she still like women, right? Right. Which then me- leads me to believe if Haitian Dwarf is, is fornicating with her, has the Haitian Dwarf, is he coming out as a transgender female? Oh, controversy. And would Caitlyn Jenner, if he was pre-op, you know, if Haitian Dwarf was pre-op, would Caitlyn Jenner, who identifies as a woman, have a problem with uh, fornicating with another transgender woman because he likes women still? He thinks of himself as a, or she thinks of him, herself as very a, complicated as a woman. Then, if another woman, like the Haitian dwarf, who's now saying he's a woman and has, but still has that big swinging Haitian cock, third leg, right? Are they going to be like? Are they just going to be like t- yeah, punching helmets, or what's going to happen? I don't they- know. Or is that There's outside? No right in the pussy. <laughs> no, 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 there definitely is not. There's no right in the pussy in that one. They might even rub bums. I think they were oh. so confused. I think they just might rub bums. Like they do the scissor move and just I rub taints. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what they would. Do. I think they would because if he's a, if he thinks he's a woman lesbian it's and the Haitian Doris a woman woman lesbian. They would just, just scissor, scissor, right? scissor taints. Scissor that's that's all you can think of, just scissoring taints. <laughs> that's all you can do. Well, I got to tell you, Haitian Dwarf, I appreciate the feedback. I'm pretty excited about you uh, you know, getting to make love with a high profile, or at least scissor taints with a high profile <laughs> transgender woman. So I wish you all the best, and I look forward to hearing from your feedback next week. And that was Feedback. We got a feedback. Oh, no applause. <laughs> So we got through. We burned through all the theme songs, eh? 
That's it. Did we? That's it for this week. Oh, we're actually at a, uh, a, 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 a. We're already done our time. The only thing I was thinking about doing before we called it a show this week is pretty quick, eh? Yeah. yeah we didn't even, we didn't miss anything. The one thing I wanted to do was give a shout out to uh, uh, Mark Marin and the Mark Marin podcast for having on Barack Obama this week. And I think of it as from a as a podcaster myself. I think of it as a real watershed moment for the industry where we have a president give our medium enough. Uh, credence to be able to go through the uh, he thinks it's worthwhile enough to talk to the audience of people that listen to shows like like this which are done in someone's back shed or garage or whatever where you have a long format where you can talk open and honestly about whatever's going on in the world and the president sees the people that see this as a valuable medium as being a a reason enough to reach out to them because the people that are kind of going off the grid a little bit not chewing on the bullshit that's being fed to you by the news channels by the um by the corporations by whatever public interest group is spreading their stuff the people that are talking about what stuff really matters to them and the day-to-day stuff that are living on the internet are becoming notable enough that the president will come through and and spend the money and the efforts to talk to those audiences so i think that's really important for all of us that are doing this and I really wanted to give congratulations to Mark Marin on it. Yeah, Great good work, Boy, Mark. And quite an effort. I don't know if you you read about it or anything, or, or but um, it, to get the president to go anywhere is is quite an ordeal. And to get him to go to some guy's like garage, like Secret Service and snipers on the roof and like motorcade and like weeks of tented driveway, research, yeah, yeah like, it's really something. Yeah, it's a huge deal, right? So yeah. it's it's pretty pretty unbelievable, really, that that happened and. To be honest, I listened to the entire thing. It was a great interview, and uh, the president got in big trouble for using the N-word on his uh, on the interview. But it was done in a positive – it was really done in a positive way, and I think what the president did was take the power out of the word by using it, and he has every right to do it. He's a black guy, and he's a president. Right. You know, like uh, – Yeah. Like George, Who has like, more yeah. – George, what would happen if George W. Bush said the exact same thing? Exact same <laughs> sentence? He would have been <laughs> strung out, be out of town on a rail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, this is the first president that's used the N-word in my lifetime publicly. I'm sure all of them have used it at one point in yeah. the time. Uh, like, I'm sure if you go back to, like uh, – John Adams, he was probably using that word a few times. Threw it out there a couple times. Even uh, even uh, uh, Jefferson, who's notoriously notorious for banging his uh, slaves and stuff like that, I'm sure it's come out of his mouth a few times. It's not the first president that's used it, and probably not even the first president that's used it publicly. But in my lifetime, is the first one to kind of get it to to use it. And I thought he did it in a way that where it just kind of took the power from the word and kind of like muted it, and if if anything. But the news channels that are just out to create a story out of it just blew it up, eh? Yeah. And I think about it, Mark Marin, because when I listened to his first podcast, and this is such a shitty uh, analogy, but it's like the only thing I can compare it to, is when I was new and we had Fred Eaglesmith in, and I was really nervous. And you and I listened back to that episode. You can hear like my breath being taken away because I'm kind of nervous about having somebody like that's actually done something in. And uh, when you listen to the Mark Marin when that at the beginning of that interview you had the same like breathy like nervousness oh, yeah. and you're like I totally get it man like how do you do how do you just adjust yeah. to having like all this the the leader of the free world in your garage yeah. you know arguably the most powerful political leader on on the planet he know? said he was trying to get the thing done but he wanted to do it in he said what am I doing in the White House in a hotel or what where am I going and they're like no he wants to come to the garage and they're like what you know That's sick. Yeah. In a way, it's like, well, that's a pretty, it's an unbelievable waste of taxpayer dollars to make that happen. Right. 
But he does the Let's same thing when he does uh, Fallon yeah, or, or Kimmel or whatever. You know, yeah. like you have to go through the same yeah. thing. And that's become no, uh, normal. And if you have to all of a sudden realize that there's a million people listening to a podcast, and uh, I don't care that this isn't a network or whatever, there's like a million people that are yeah. probably not watching TV anymore. They're just listening to internet stuff. That's or right. How do you reach out stuff. to them? How do you get them, right? right? So then you start to turn to these new mediums. He did uh, Between Two Ferns with Zach Alphanakis, yeah. too. You know? Did he really? Yeah, and that's wow. like a total, that's a total internet show. No yeah. no, no TV uh, presence at all for that show. He did that show, too. Yeah. So It's a really smart thing, I think, that they're doing is like reaching out to the people who have kind Real of already people. said, yeah. we're done with conventional television. We're done with conventional, like, news yes. and all the yeah. rest of it i'm gonna go on the internet and just live there because i can find more people that i think are normal you know yeah. and then move on with that people who don't want to be spoon-fed the uh all the propaganda that that the news gives everyone you know right right well before we go today i just want to play one game and i thought about playing this game and it was called uh which is worse you know which is worse or it's kind of like the same as would you rather you know would you rather but I thought, which is worse? And then I thought, well, that's negative. And I always get uh, people tell me I'm too negative. So I was like, oh, we'll, go do, we'll do uh, which is better. Okay? So okay. that's positive, right? Yep. So it's positive. All right. We'll start with an easy one. Which is better? No arms or no legs? Which is better? No legs. No legs? Michael? I'm going no arms. No arms. No arms for a guitarist, eh? There goes the leader. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even pull, hold the baton. It's all right. Yeah. You can hold your baton. Uh, I'll you can go march no really good. No arms. No arms, you're saying, is better? Yeah. No arms is better. Well, the correct answer is no legs, is what I'm saying. And I'll let you guys rebut your thing, but no legs is way is way better. Because with no legs, you can still run the Olympics. You can still like get those fake blade legs. And oh, run. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you got blade no, legs. You got no arms. You can't run anywhere. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. You, you got. Can, you got no arms. You can run anywhere. If you're that's in, right. Yeah, you're not fast Good though. Point, not fast if you can't pump your arms. If you're if you're sitting there, <laughs> what? You get like weights on there. If they had a Paralympic event that was armless running, those people would have slow times. I'll guarantee you. If you can't pump your arms and run, I'd rather have full arms and upper body. And with those blade legs, I'll kick that armless guy with good, solid legs. That's because your arms are so long. He may be able to brush his teeth with his feet, but he can't run with his shit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> what about living, though? Living? I'd live with no legs. I got a wheelchair. I got prosthetic legs. You can't make a prosthetic hand. You can't bend your fingers. You can't, like... That's what I was going to get at. Like yeah. They don't have, like, the uh, the... Luke Skywalker arm hand? No, they don't Developed have it. yet? They don't. Come on. I saw a guy who was born like a thalidomite. 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 I'm glad I'm the, not Suffering the only one. Suffering sucking I got thalidomite, baby. <laughs> Whatever. He had birth defects, so he was born with no arms, right? right? And so they kept trying to give him like artificial arms, but the guy never had arms. So it's different than if you lost your arms in an right. accident, where <clears> then you would like <throat> miss them. But when you never had arms, you're already brushing your hair and brushing your teeth with your feet. You already had more flexibility because your body adapted to not having it. Like, he was good with no arms. And every time they put artificial arms on the guy, he would be, like, uh, miserable because he's like, well, I can't do anything anymore, you know? I got to learn. But when I had no arms, I could do everything. So it was just easier for him, right? He would drive with his feet. Like, he would do everything with his feet. He adapted perfectly. But I'd still rather have no legs. You can still, like... um, you can still get those blade legs and run fastest. 
<laughs> you still have your third leg. You always have your third leg. There's never a thing. What's okay? But what's which is better? <laughs> no, I don't know what. It, it, the point of the game is to come up with something horrible, horrible, and you have to think good. which is better, right? But I don't know how deep to get. Which is better? Um, <laughs> oh, geez, I don't know. I can't think of one more. We need one more horrible one. Okay, which is better? Um, finding out that uh, you have crabs, right? Finding out that you have crabs or finding out your wife has crabs. <laughs> Which is better? <laughs> Which is better? <laughs> Which is better? The positive, one. right? Wow. The positive of that story. There's no positive. Well, one of you have crabs. Could come from anything, couldn't it? I think so. That's what you have to tell her. <laughs> it was a bean dip. I don't know. <laughs> it was a bean dip. It was a. <laughs> it was a really tough one. Grande Mascaros was cockles. Oh, I'm gonna be a wrestler. <laughs> this is like a chicken or the egg debate. Like, yeah, do I you, don't know. Yeah, well, either like, way, either way, well, either you. I think what I'm saying by either you have crabs, your wife has crabs, is that one of you has cheated, probably, right? Right. That's so, right. like, it's either like, what's worse, getting. F- found out that you cheated or does your wife know that you have the crabs is that it like is it your wife finding out that you have crabs or yeah. are you finding out that this your is, wife has- this is the scenario i presented <laughs> was that one morning it's like a saturday morning you've had a nice evening that night on friday night you wake up in the morning and and your wife is uh like she opens the uh the the, the curtains to the room that's in the mi- the morning uh sunshine and then she like lifts up the covers and she starts inspecting your pubic hair. <laughs> and she sees that, the hairs. that there's like a whole bunch of like just horrible crabs just jumping around like just jealous. snapping their little claws. <laughs> yeah. Just going. <laughs> what do you do? I always picture crabs like they're it's like they're actual little crabs. Snap snap. Like eight legs and <laughs> like they're with yeah, the beady yeah. eyes. I, I I've only heard the pe- them described as that. What yeah. else are they? I yeah. don't know. You know what I was thinking would be funny is if we had like the if because you know how crabs are going extinct because of the we're we're destroying their habitat by everyone shaving their bush, and then uh, so <laughs> if um, so the crabs are like going extinct. So I thought it would be kind of funny if like there was like one last woman with a huge bush that had it was like the remaining the remaining like uh, like habitat for crabs. That's all they have left, and they have like the four black guys with the. With the machine guns guarding it, like that last white rhino, <laughs> right? That we have the last breeding female of crabs on this like Portuguese woman that's sitting there with a huge <laughs> bush, <laughs> and they just have to sit around and guard it to say we want to get one one happy fellow to spread it, you know, and then eventually, you know, they can get the crab population get back, back up normal. before they go extinct, you know, because they're just in zoos, you know. You go see the crab exhibit; it's just some girl's box, or or like a. Or like charters, <laughs> like my back, <laughs> just on your back. He just like gives himself up. He just lets this like Portuguese girl rub her bush on Dave's back, <laughs> just so, just yeah, so he can like do his part to help keep those species alive. Just keeps saying, "Can you scratch my back?" No. <laughs> yes, with this, <laughs> with this <laughs> thing, I can. <laughs> Well, we didn't have any special guests show up today, but it was a great 80th episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening live from the Dutch Hall. If you'd like to, please tell a friend. Please tell anyone that you think might like it to, to tune in so we can help continue to grow the audience. Th- uh, reach out to me at live from the Dutch Hall, gmail.com. Uh, send me, a, send me a, a message on Twitter or Facebook, Dutch Hall on Twitter. 
Or you can uh, continue to follow me on Periscope or... Look out for us in Turkey Point. Look out for us in Turkey Point tomorrow night. Other than that, we'll uh, see you next Thursday. C-U-N-T. Hit it, boys. When Just I come in next week ones. Just the green ones And and they can't be touched by human hands I don't know how you're going to pick Separated them out Separated by monkeys Yeah, that's right <laughs> Separated by trained monkeys Into a bowl